House of Faith with Nae Lupondwana, 7 to 8 p.m. Good evening and welcome. You're listening to Fact of Faith with me, Nayel Pondwana here on SFM, leading the conversation. We are together until 8 o'clock as usual. We're giving you as much as we can within the short space of time that we have. Let me just state that we are giving you this conversation as a pre-recorded conversation. It's not live because we would love to give you the usual guests but we do imagine that they would not be available during the holidays. It's for that reason that we thought we should have them before they go off for the holidays and become unavailable to us and to you. And that's why we're having them here right now, recording them so that on this day, which is the 13th of December, you are able to have them available to you. Joining us now for our question. Our question is, do people really really need to belong to a faith community since they're people after all they are people who don't belong to faith communities and are living lives just like everybody else but there seems to be this need for people to belong to a faith community why what is the need of a faith community today does being part of a faith community give you any Benefits? Does it hurt you in any way if you don't belong to a faith community? Like I said, joining us in no particular order, we do have Mamukuli Zepeta, who is a member of the Baha'i Faith. Mamuzpeta, good evening to you and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Hi, good evening, Anaya. Good evening, listeners. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Also, we will be joined in a short while by Sheikh Rafiq Hassan. He's the founder and director of the Islamic Interfaith Research Institute, the IFRI. He'll be joining us in a short while. As soon as he does join us, I'll be introducing him to you and letting him greet you as well. Also, we do have Pastor Solomon Shams, who is a journalist, a Christian activist, and a director of Mercy, a support platform for those sexually abused within the church. Pastor Shams, good evening to you, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good evening, Naya. Let's begin with Mamuz Pet. Mamuz Pet, um, uh, we, we are not trying to suggest by any means that being a member of the faith community is wrong or bad or unnecessary. But we are trying to get to the question right now. You live in a community. Let's say you live in Santon. In Santon, it's not all and everybody who is a Baha'i or a Christian or a Muslim or a Hindu. There are people who are atheists. There are people who are agnostic and they have a house right next to yours. They are breathing the same air, drinking the same water, living in the same community, driving in the same street, having the same car, having the same house. They have everything that you have and yet they don't belong to any faith community. Why then? Why should people belong to a faith community? Okay, now, uh, first, uh, I would say just uh, in the context of the Baha'i faith, the Baha'i view on this is, is quite complex because when we look at an individual, at each core, the Baha'i sentiment, for example, says that the, in every individual has a twofold moral purpose. That is to develop their inherent potentialities 
and to contribute to the transformation of society. And as humans or as individuals, we live in a collective world and we all need to step up and contribute to the betterment of the world. But now the question here is, as you have put it, is posed for, it appears to look at the individual. For Baha'is, for example, the idea of belonging is seen, taken from what Baha'u'llah says, is seen as recognizing the messenger and then following every one of his teachings to the best of one's ability. And this is an essential contribution an individual can make. Then the actions of the individual, as we all know, impact, impact on everything. So it would be wonderful when an individual operates according to some spiritual ethics, but individuals also compromise membership of the community because as individuals we live within society and community and serve on the institutions of the society. So all individuals, it would be ideal to be operating according to the common set of spiritual principles. If they don't, then the processes of societies are hampered. Why do I say so? I'll go what Baha'u'llah says about the the responsibility of, of individual for or the the faith religion. Baha'u'llah specifically states that uh, the unity of society is so important and it has to be achieved and if this unity can never be achieved and the counsels of God are not followed, whatever we try as society would not be conducive to our progress. But, and he, the, I want to explain in the beginning that, again, belonging to faith, we don't, as Baha'is, take it as belonging to a, we don't take the state of a, we don't equate religion with a, a church or a synagogue or a temple or even us Baha'is we have temples, going to that and being that, but we take it, the religion, as the word of God, as revealed by his appointed messengers, whomever a person believes, all of whom teach the same essentials, but very unspecified as detected by the needs of the day. So it is essential to, uh, to me, my understanding that individuals have to belong to a faith, religion, and that needs to be what resonates with them and is common to them. And then why am I actually saying that? It's going back to what I said in the beginning, that every individual has a twofold moral purpose to develop their inherent potential to get through the word of God or through following a religion, and then that will help them contribute to the transformation of society. But one would say, why can't I do that on my own? Because as you say, there are so many good people who don't belong, who do good things, but as a Baha'i, based on the concept of unity, and also me as an individual existing within a community, the community cannot exist without individuals, and the institutions of society will get membership from the community. So if I choose not to belong, I will not participate in my community affairs as a, as a, a group, or as a member of the community, or participate because I'll work in isolation. And if I work in isolation, there will be a problem of 
no unity, which is the main purpose as a Baha'i believe. Because again, this unity or this religion, as Baha'u'llah states, he says, uh, uh, it is the main purpose of religion is to establish, or say the purpose of religion revealed, as revealed by God, its main purpose is to establish unity and concord amongst the peoples of the world. And it should not cause the cause of dissension and conflict. I, I, another, I, I, I have no problem with that. Thing, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, ma'am. Last thing uh, I want to say, Baha'u'llah says the fundamental purpose and making the state of God and his religion is to safeguard their interests and promote the unity of human race and to foster the spirit of love and fellowship amongst men. So, belonging to a state, I would be contributing to that fostering of love as much as I can work on my own, you know, and that spirit of fellowship. To me, that's what I take from what Baha'u'llah said. Yeah, all of those writings notwithstanding there, Mamuz Peter, we do notice and appreciate the fact that we have unity as communities in our WhatsApp groups, in the variety mm-hmm. of faith communities that we belong to, but we are able to foster that unity that Baha'u'llah is talking about without belonging to any spiritual grouping or being taught by some spiritual guru or anything of the sort. We are able to foster unity in political parties, and we all know we have a variety of religious beliefs in those political parties. In school governing bodies, we have unity, but still not belonging to any faith community. Again, the question still stands. If we are able to get the unity and morality and all of those good and wonderful things that theological people tend to think are exclusive to theology, why then should we have anything associated with religion? If we are able to get everything and anything that you want us to get without being part of a religious community, why? Why should I be part of a religious community? That I would take again well, from from one of the writings of Ahola about the the, com, the commonality because even if we belong to a, a society, let's say even in a in a, a, a residential area, people form societies, but yeah. there is a common purpose, there is a common uh, belief in whatever people, as much people come as individuals. That's why I said, even at the beginning, it's complex because as an individual, I have my own, I have to develop my own potentialities, but those potentialities must contribute to the society. But for unity in that group, whether it's a political or whatever, which their religion could fall in, it creates that common purpose and a common belief of common faith, whatever we believe in as that group. And with the religion community coming straight is like the the religion or the faith or the word of God, because I don't want to, to take it to a, a building or a, a, of course, a special of course. grouping. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's the essence of religion is to testify unto that which the Lord has revealed and follow what that which the, he has ordained in his mighty book. It could be any 
book of God, could be the Holy Bible, could ah. be the Quran, could be yeah, okay. whatever. Okay. But that's where we get our, what is it, our inspiration for whatever common purpose we are uniting. And then unity will be enforced. That. Because if we come, I come with my idea and your idea and your idea, we have to put them together and work on them until we have a common purpose and a common path to trade. That's why we have fraternals and unions and associations and all of those <laughs> fantastic ideas that are not necessarily religiously based. Hashtag SAFM Facts of Faith it's being in the pastor here. Pastor Shams, you're listening to this. would like to get the Christian perspective. Why? Why do Christians really want people to be part of Christianity? Why should there even be Christianity? Why should people belong to a religious community like yourselves? Uh-huh. You know, there are different reasons. And I think the first thing is because the creator of human beings himself belonged to a community. So a community, what we call the the Trinity, the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So there's there's some sense of community there, and independent independently they play different roles, and but together there's fellowship, there's community amongst them, uh, and they're able to achieve so much. And even in the Book of Genesis, when God created man, He was in isolation. Uh, He was all alone in the garden. And then he said, look, it is not good for this man to be alone. Well, we can look at it from uh, a gender perspective where it's one man getting married to a woman. But I want to look at it from a community perspective where, look, this man is alone. So even if it was a woman that was created first, this woman is alone. You know, it is not good, you know, for a man to be alone. So it's not about, it is not good. For, for man to be here, but it's not good for him to be alone in isolation. So there are benefits, you know, for having some sense of community and then the woman was created, obviously. But Christianity itself, the foundation of Christianity is about relationships. You know, a lot of people, you would hear a lot of Christians say that now, Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. Yeah, there are some elements of truth in that, but the, the main thing is, when you belong to a community uh, like the Christian community, the benefits are enormous. The benefits are social, the benefits are educational, the benefits are character growth, the benefits are spiritual. Uh, because we get inspiration from scriptures where you would be able to grow in so many different ways. Now, every individual faces problems. Uh, trying to look for ways to be able to overcome, to be able to be successful, to be able to achieve uh, their goals. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna tell you that if you are in isolation that you're not gonna, uh, you know, achieve that. But in isolation, what do you mean? Isolation from a from a religion group? Well, if you're isolated from a religion group, maybe you are part of another community. You know, you might not belong to a religion community but you belong to some sort of community because uh, there's just no one that would isolate themselves and live somewhere and not interact and not be part of a community that is going to be uh, successful or that is going to be able to achieve their goal in life and also the Christian community in itself why we desire for people to be part of a Christian community is because you know we ask ourselves some of the big questions in life 
first question is, why am I here? Why am I on this planet? Why was I born? Why am I here for? You know, what am I here to do? So these are questions that a lot of people take true life. Why am I here? And you meet people that do not really understand why they're here. Some of them think, okay, I know why I'm here, but from the way that they do their lives and conduct their lives, you will clearly see that, look, you know, you could actually do better. And that's what, you know, belonging to a community, like the Christian community gives you, to be able to answer live questions. Why am I here? Uh, if God is good, why are people dying from hunger? And all these kind of questions that no human being could help you answer. But the scriptures, the, being part of a community is there for you to be able to activate your faith. Event. That's where the role of faith comes in. But there are so many, so many benefits to it, to be able to being part of a Christian community teaches you how to be together, be, together, be a family, how to be a citizen of a country in a workplace, working for the government or in business, how to conduct yourself. And being part of a Christian community is one of the you can learn a lot of these values and principles for you to be able to, uh, to, to be a better person. You know, and sometimes in life also, uh, like I said, we ask ourselves questions about life, or we face certain issues about life. We are faced with cancer. You know, a family member has cancer. You know, it leaves you with a lot of questions. You know, why this person? Uh, is there anything to be done? Uh, should we go to the hospital? Should we go to the church? Your teenage kids influenced by drugs or, you know, peer pressure, that kind of thing. Within the Christian community, you find that kind of comfort. You know, the Christian community and the scriptures especially try to answer, you know, and give you comfort and give you, and if you don't get answer to it, you know, to, towards where you're going to in life. But importantly, some people are best when they operate in the community. <laughs> you know, they, they are not the kind of people that want to be alone or I just want to be in the community when they when they feel like it. But for them, they thrive when they are part of a community, you know, and that is very important for them because they feed in from there. That helps them to grow. That helps them to become who who uh, they feel they should be in this life that we are living. So but I think here, me, here here's, here's the question. Here's the question I need you to help me with there, Pastor. Uh, for me, I, yes. I, can, I can be socially apt without being a Christian. We've seen we have people in our societies who are the best people in our communities and societies, and yet they're not Christian. They're not belonging to any religious grouping. We have people who are highly educated, you said educational, and don't need and are not part of any religious body. Quite frankly, they are perfectly astute and are very able to answer questions of ontology without being a member of the Christian faith. Our characters quite sometimes can be contaminated by this very theology that we claim is supposed to be fixing us when you look at how, what is happening in religious organizations and the moral decay you might wonder if perhaps really being a Christian specifically or members of the religious community helps us improve our characters as you're suggesting. And also this spirituality people gain are able to be spiritual without being part of a religious community. We have people who have a great 
connection with the cosmos, the great connection with the environment in which they live, with the very animals, the uh, whisperers, and they're able to commune with the very nature and animals and trees without being part of being a Christian comedian, of the Christian community. You, you, you spoke of God as being a community. Careful there, Pastor. You just might be sounding as though you're suggesting that now you're no longer a monotheistic group as Christians. You're now polytheistic because when you go to say God is a community, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that is a community because the definition of a community is groups of people. You're suggesting that God yeah. now is a group of beings? That's polytheism. You have strayed way far out of Abrahamism and Christianity. Are you sure you want to use that idea and use that to explain the need for people to be Christians? Yeah. I think, for me, when we say God is there, we mean His presence. You know, we mean some of the things, His presence through our values, through our choices, through our principles, you know, uh, that is very important. And anybody can be a success, educationally, business-wise, family-wise, because remember, every human being was created by God. So every human being has the potential to be the best that they can be in any field. And even if you're successful educationally, it doesn't mean you are not part of a community. You might not be a part of a religious community, but you're part of a community. But then you have a lot of set of people who actually have the potential, example, educationally, to achieve so much. But because they do not belong to a community, they don't have the opportunity. They don't have the motivation. They don't have the mentorship. So while once they belong to a Christian community, I mean, we know the history of, of schools and education itself, how it came to Christian ideas. A lot of schools that we have across the continent, the Vatican today, you know, we're started as, as Christian schools, you know, universities, primary schools, high schools. You know, we, we know that. So we know the value, and how, the value of education and how many people that came from less privileged backgrounds where they would never have achieved, you know, their life goals, they would never have become noble citizens if they had not had this, this opportunity uh, through the Methodist Church or the Presbyterian Church or the Catholic Church offering them scholarship uh, because they belong to the community. Or even if they do not belong to the community, you know, they do give them scholarships anyway. So it, it is, I'm not going to dispute the fact that you can be in isolation from a, from a, from a religious community and still try. But... You can imagine if that same person is a part of a religious community, is a part of the Christian community. I think they would do far much more than they have achieved so far in their lives. According to who? Because we have many, many, many who are excessively and exceedingly successful without being part of Christian communities or any religious community. That's correct. That's correct. So why, no. if, if I can achieve as much as a Christian, why should I become a Christian? Yeah, if you achieve, you, you have to, if you have to give me an idea, you achieve what? Achieving. Any and everything there, Pastor. I'm suggesting to you that any and everything that is done by Christians has and is being done by people who are not members of any religious community, and they are thriving as much as the Christians are thriving. 
as much as religious people are thriving. The question is, if people can exist, thrive and live without being part of a religious community, why should they become part of a religious community? Because person is the spirit of God. You know, so you might look you are successful or you can exist and be all that externally, but inside of you, something we don't see, nobody sees, is the spirit of God. And once there is a disconnect from God, so it's not just belonging to a Christian community, but allowing the scriptures to sort of lead your life. So because you belong to a Christian community doesn't mean that everything is going to be okay and all that, and people are, just like you rightly mentioned, you know, we are experiencing some experiencing of a moral decay, and I agree with you totally on that. You know, there, there are drawbacks, there are weaknesses uh, within the Christian community, uh, but that is, that's supposed to, that's not supposed to mean that scriptures, there are weaknesses in scriptures, because that's what we follow at the end of the day. But man takes scriptures and interpret them in their own way. You know, everybody goes through pain, whether you're educated, you're rich, you're poor, you go through pain. Everybody faces a calamity as a nation, as a community, and what are going to be your answers to that? That's what I'm saying. So you might feel you have answers to that from from knowledge, from intellect. That's fine. But for me, standing from a position of be, belonging to the Christian community, I think the Christian answer or the Christian interpretation to things, you know, offers us more comfort more and more uh, faith. Okay. All right, uh, Mamuz Pat, I want us to, 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 to perhaps grind to a point because we need to let you go. Uh, it, it seems as though while there is an array of reasons, those reasons are not necessarily compelling, which is why people can and are in the present life that we're living Ignoring religious communities and looking them as looking at them as buffoons, looking at them as crazy people, as wackos who think they there is no existence outside religion. Can we then perhaps agree, Mamu's better that there really is no necessity for religious affiliations? You can exist and thrive, live, and go to the very same death as the religious person without losing anything. That's why people are doing it. Is that possible, ma'am? Yes, Naya. It is possible. But as I said, that, but it's, to me, it's more on recognizing, recognition of God the Creator and what He wants me to do. Why am I here? What's my purpose? And having those twin duties, as Bahala says, calls them twin duties, the recognition of the revealer of his way, that is God, and obeying his laws. That really doesn't really mean I have to, I can do it on my own, as long as I have those two. Because I'll serve humanity, as we always see people, but what is my driving force is that spiritual resource, that fountain of his, of his revealed word is inspiring me to serve while I'm here. So, I would agree with you in that sense. So I may very well stop being part of any faith. If I'm a Baha'i, I can very well stop being a Baha'i and live my life like everybody else. Do what everybody else does without being restricted by Baha'u'llah. Right. And that, that's where the difference is. Because if I'm saying I'm a Baha'i, I'm a Baha'i, I recognize 
the revealed word of God to Baha'u'llah, and I'm still following the instruction of God from time immemorial. So I have to live by these two twin duties. So I'm, I, I, I am a Baha'i. If I'm a Christian, I recognize Christ as the revealer of God's word at that time, and I have to live accordingly. So I have to live by these twin duties the rest of my life. So I, I belong, but existing, I cannot say you cannot exist. I can exist on my own, but having these two, these two, twofold moral purpose, because my purpose here is twofold: is to uh, uh, recognize God and His Word and follow His instruction. I, and I understand, ma'am. How do I follow His instruction? I'm serving mankind. What I'm saying, That's ma'am, is I I can. Uh, if I'm listening to you correctly, mm-hmm. this God that Baha'u'llah is suggesting that we ought to recognize is really unnecessary if we can and we have seen and are seeing people thriving, sometimes even more than human beings who are Christians, without recognizing this God. So recognizing this God is really not a necessity if this very same God will allow everybody else to thrive more than these very same believers. So uh, recognizing uh, God uh, is really unnecessary, is it? Uh, uh, it is necessary. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't go bad saying they are thriving or not thriving because, again, what I see at face value, I might see them as thriving, I may see them as claiming to be thriving, but really at the end, we cannot, we cannot know that. I'll, I'll give you. I'll, 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 I can give you simple examples, ma'am, and these are, 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 are simply day-to-day examples. They mm-hmm. eat the same way I eat. They True. eat sometimes even more than what they uh, I eat. They probably have more money than I do. They have bigger houses than I do. They've got faster and bigger and better cars than mine. They're able to pay for health and medical aid than I can. They're able to take their children to good and quality schools than more than I can. <laughs> they they live in areas that are more secure <laughs> than I can. Okay, now, I hear you, but that's all focusing on material achievement. That is, we're living a material existence, ma'am. But, but, but as, a, as a being, I'm on not only feeding my material aspect of life, I've I've, I'm, I'm material as well as spiritual. Yes. My spiritual being, we'll, my we'll soul, get to the spiritual side, ma'am. matters at the end has to be said. We can get to the spiritual grow. side, ma'am. But I, I need you to help me with this. If we can yes. say on the material side, which is very, mm-hmm. which is very important, <laughs> because we are material beings. If we can say, can we agree that on the material side? Um, okay. it's, it's unnecessary to have any spiritual deity, any divine being to venerate because this veneration of this deity does not advance my material aspirations. We are people who do not venerate or observe or recognize any God and are thriving materially. On that side, to have a God, to worship a God or be part of a spiritual group is unnecessary. Would that be fair? Mm, again, I wouldn't say it would be said because we have seen the end of material pursuit only. Where do they land? I understand. I understand, ma'am. I'm, I'm not suggesting only. I'm simply saying on that side. There are many sides yes, to on this. That side. On yes, that side, that, it's, on that, yes. 
Okay. I'm fine. I'm perfect. I'm everything. Of course. Let's go to the but, spiritual side. Let's go to the spiritual side, ma'am. Spirituality yes. is what um, Karl Marx calls an illusion, uh, a hallucination. Uh, we, 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 we use religion in order to smoke whatever religion is teaching us so that when we are high from the opium of these masses, we can then say we are spiritually connected and yet we can get on that spiritual high without being indoctrinated by some religious leader standing in front of us telling us what to do. We can just use any other narcotics, whether it is weed, since weed is now legal in the Republic of South Africa. We can use tobacco. We can use any other alcohol substances and obscene whiskey and brandy and gin and ram. Uh, different kinds of spirits that are able to get people to that spiritual high. You don't really need to read a book and go to somebody to get high, what you call spiritual I, I wouldn't agree with that <laughs> I, I 100% don't agree with that <laughs> I want I, those things again actually when you look deeper you think, think deeper you find that again they serve the material the, my illusions my imagination my imagination of what I think religion is but that's but what religion, religion does ma'am Religion just gives people something to believe in, even though there is no evidence or substance to it. We're told to believe in some person who wrote 300 years ago, or sometimes 3,000 years ago. We're told to believe in things that have no actual evidence, material evidence to back it up. You're telling us about Baha'u'llah. This is a man. This is a man who is, according to your faith, has had some spiritual encounters, but could not get himself out of prison when he was arrested. We're talking about all these religious leaders who were under the authority of human beings and were killed by human beings. And yet you want us to follow those people? And you call that spirituality? Yes, I call it spirituality because diet, even as much as the manifestation of God, not necessarily only Baha'u'llah, some people can argue why Christ didn't say it himself and someone said when he's on a cross, why Baha'u'llah had to be an exile and a prisoner for 40 years. Yeah. But that was a, a, there's a purpose for me to learn and to, 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 for mankind to learn that at the end, God wins. At the end, we may see, that's why I call it all what we see is limited to our understanding as we see the world. Okay. But beyond that, it's, it's, there is more to that. Got it. Got it. Pet, I want to bring in our third guest um, uh, evangelist, uh, not the evangelist, rather, the Sheikh. Thank you very much, Pet. Really appreciate your insights. Thank you very much. Thank you, Nay. All right. You we are going to continue with... Um, uh, Pastor Shams, uh, so that we can get some perspective from him. Pastor Shams, I'm listening to this and I'm struggling to get the reason why. Why, why, why? Again, we have been asked these questions by people oh so many times, but we don't seem to get the actual answer. Right now, your neighbor is probably not a Christian, but probably has a bigger sound system than you that makes noise at night. And you're unable to sleep, you and your wife, because your neighbor is having a good, a ball of a time. Why? Why can't I go next door and have fun with him instead of staying here with you in this boring, meager existence of being a religious person? Well, the fact of the matter is, from a Christian perspective, life is not all about the cars that you have. 
the houses that you have. Then why do you buy them? You're able to afford. Uh, it's not about, life is not all about it. That's what I said. So I'm not saying you don't need them. I'm not saying you shouldn't enjoy driving a good car. But it seems as though our pursuit there, Pastor Shams, as pastors and everyone who works and exists, our pursuit is to get get money in order for us to buy these cars, houses, food, and clothing. It would appear as though, like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we have all of these things and spirituality hardly ever appears in the hierarchy of needs. Is spirituality really a need or just some nice to have for those who are tired of living the real existence that we are in? It's a state. Yeah. Your purpose here, that's why earlier on I spoke about why am I here? Why am I on this planet? You know, am I here to be able to work hard, get education, be successful, do business, and acquire all these things, uh, which, which is good? You know, or there's more life. Is my life just here on this planet after I die? That is just it. Because that's not what the Christian faith is all about. You know, how does a Christian, how does belonging to a Christian community give you a sense, a purpose uh, that look, in as much as you have all these beautiful things, Still, your, 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 your focus is about helping other people. Your focus is about eternity. When I die, where would I go to? What do I need to do here? There are expectations, biblically, that you need to adhere to whilst on this planet for you to be able to, when you transit, because life is, for Christians, it's not just when you die, everything finishes. No, we believe that when you die, there is going to be an eternity to go to. You know, they're, they're, so that life continues there, which is very spiritual. So belonging, for me, is important for people to belong to the Christian faith because the Christian faith would give you the answers to so many spiritual questions, so many things that you would not necessarily, your money or your education would give you, you know, and, and that's a huge advantage of it. They ask we, we are we're human beings, but we... We have a spirit, and we live here physically. So there's a spiritual perspective. And and men try to answer these things. Men try to debate and to offer suggestions and and way out of, of so many different, uh, uh, you know, situations. You know, but, but we, we, over the years, centuries, we, we couldn't. Naye Lupondwana on SAFM. Let me introduce you once again to um, the Sheikh, Sheikh Rafiq Hassan. Uh, good evening to you and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Uh, good evening, Ian, to your listenership and your guest. Thank you very much, Sheikh, for joining us. Uh, we are trying to manage a whole lot of things here and we do appreciate you being patient with us. <laughs> we, we're, we're trying to get to the bottom of the question why we need to belong to any religious organization and yet all of these um, religious organizations have not made my existence um, uh, 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 of no value. I am maybe a, a member of a religious community, but my neighbor is not, and my neighbor is thriving. Why can't I just stop this nonsense of being a Muslim or this nonsense of being a Baha'i or this nonsense of being a Christian and go join my atheist or agnostic friend there who's a neighbor who seems to be thriving without the restrictions of being a, belonging to Christianity, Islam, or Baha'i faith? In your context, Islam. Go ahead, Sheikh. There's two aspects here. Religion, you talk about why do we have to belong to a religious grouping? I think that's a question. Well, if it's not a religious grouping, you just said it, you can belong to an atheist grouping, you can belong to a uh, social welfare grouping, 
But uh, humans by nature are social beings. You know, no man is an island, no woman is an island. Yeah. So by nature, we we are social beings. But uh, obviously, the religious side uh, belonging to a religious group. There, you know, depending which organization you belong to, there are pros and cons. There are con. Uh, you know, organizations out there under the name of guys of religion, conning people, meaning, making money out of people. Indeed. So th- that's another issue. That's in all religions, in all faiths. You're going to have this kind of thing. But I think the the, the, the very concept of uh, belonging to a, a, a religious fraternity in Islam, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from an Islamic perspective. Yes, sir. Uh, and, they, and I must separate Islam from Muslims right at the beginning. In other words, um, uh, Islam is the, the faith. Islam is the, the principles, as you know, put in the Quran in the prophetic ways. But the Muslim is one who either practices it or doesn't understand it or practices it wrongly. So that's the two different issues here. So that lit, the litmus test is not what Muslims do. Is are they doing it according to what Islam is saying? You see, according to Quran and and the prophetic way. Now. When, I, when we, we take that into account from an Islamic perspective, the very, very first, uh, you know, uh, this is a, a verse in the Quran which says that goes beyond religion because I like what you said. In, in chapter 3, uh, verse 103 of the Quran, it says that, you know, you are the best. Now, you know, each group, each religious group, what you just said rightfully, you know, you want to belong to this group and that group and you are better than that religious group. In Islam, it says that, uh, you know, uh, you cannot claim, right? Uh, in chapter, it's chapter 3, verse 110, Naya. Now, that, I'm just paraphrasing it. This verse says that, I'm talking to the Muslim now. You can't, God is talking in the Quran, in chapter 3, verse 110. You can't just say you are the best among the different religious groups, you know, the different uh, uh, formations in, in society. This is God speaking in the Quran. You can only claim to be the best among all the other different groupings, whether it's religious groupings or, you know, social welfare or neighborhood, whatever it be. So long, because the Arabic, so it will make sense to me to, to explain to you. It says, Now that's very important. It says, you can only say you are better than somebody else if you putting humanity. If you are benefiting society and humanity, regardless of the religion, color, language, nationality, race, what, 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 what. And that is the bottom line, Naya. From an Islamic perspective, if you cannot be benefiting society at large, human beings, your neighbor, uh, you know, a, a person in need, regardless of his religion, or race, or color, then it, it, it's, God does not need your worship. God does not need you to belong to any church or any religious group. They say, you want to show me which church you belong to, then show me how you are helping humanity. That's what I want to see. So I, 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 I for, forgive me for interjecting there, Sheikh. I, 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 need a, I, I, want to, I want to streamline your focus there, Sheikh. Our focus is, right. is just being, it doesn't really matter. In the case of a Muslim, why should I be a Muslim if I can be an atheist and still exist? Why is there a necessity for me to become a Muslim? And I do no, understand that other it, people can become Christian or any other faith. It doesn't, faith doesn't matter. What mm-hmm. matters is that there, there is this 
tendency or there seems to be this uh, approach from okay, religious okay, communities that people must be part you must become a member of this church or the other or this mm, grouping mm, or, mm. why because people are thriving and they are not muslims they're not christian they are not uh, buddhist sure. or they're not they are thriving your neighbor is probably thriving and mm -hmm. not because he's a member of your faith and yet all of these things that you think you're going to get by becoming a muslim is getting mm -hmm. by not becoming a muslim so why should he okay well okay so let's let uh, i get what you're saying now well from an islamic the islam answers that very quickly uh, very simply by saying there's no compulsion in religion you know, there's no, there's no force. There's no cause. You don't have to, uh, be, you know, uh, be, belong to Islam. In chapter 2, verse, spelled out very clearly, chapter 2, verse 256, it says, there is no compulsion in religion. You know, nobody's forcing anyone to, 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 to be part, to, be, to even be a believer. That's fair. So you can't That's fair. But, but we're not talking about compulsion now. We're talking about necessity. Why is there a necessity for anyone to be part of your faith? What, is it really necessary? Is it a must? I mean, should I should I even consider becoming a Muslim? Or oh, I'm, okay, well, I'm okay being an agnostic or an atheist? Okay, so let's answer that part of it then. So, uh, what I'm saying, so having dispensed with the first part, in Islam there's no necessity and compulsion that you have to be a believer or Muslim or whatever. It is. You're part of the human race. So as I said, from an Islamic point of view, you don't have to be even a believer in God. Islam uh, does not reject you because of that. Uh, you can still be belong to the community, part of the human race, uh, and not being a believer. So it's not a requirement from an Islam. As I said, there's no compulsion uh, in faith in Islam. So, uh, uh, and as far as the issue of why do you need to belong, that's not a personal choice. So the second issue attached to that is Islam gives people the freedom of choice. Whether you want to be an atheist, it's your choice. You want to be a Muslim, it's your choice. You want to be a Christian, it's your choice. So what it means, therefore, is so if somebody wants to belong to a, 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 a Muslim grouping, well, that's their choice. We should respect it. We can't say you mustn't belong to, because then that's negating freedom of choice. Uh, and if somebody wants to be an atheist, well, that's his choice. You, got to, you don't negate it. That's their choice. What, what would be the reason choices. to choose Islam? To be, Sorry? What, what would be the reason to join Islam, Sheikh? That's a personal choice. Now, I'll tell you why, why I can speak for myself and, you know, people I spoke to. Uh, and that's because, you know, it's an individual uh, decision and everybody has different reasons. They come to it for different reasons. But in a nutshell, everybody is looking for peace and, and uh, you know, the word Islam means peace. Uh, Islam means submission to God's will. So it, it's, it's attaining peace through submitting to God's will. And many people find that uh, they, 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 come, they find that peace they're looking for. Others come there because, believe it or not, uh, they, they say that uh, I like the, 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 the simplicity. I like there's, there's no priesthood and uh, I like that. And, you know, you, you, there's some discipline in there. That's required of you. Some people come because of that. Many women are coming in because they they say, look, contrary to what the, the media is saying, we find when we read the Quran that uh, you know the woman is actually respected and the woman has rights and what have you. 
so there's different people come for different reasons, uh, Naya, into, which is each one has their own individual. <laughs> On a light note, you know, there are certain people who come to say, I want to be a Muslim because I'll get rich, you know, because I see many of the Muslims and the, the oil sheikhs, you know, they got uh, so much money, so yeah, maybe I'll get rich. Yeah. So everybody comes for different reasons. Okay, all right. So if a person were to suggest that perhaps, and were to offer this argument and say there is actually no necessity, no need, uh, all the things that you think you can get in Islam, you can get without being part of the Muslim community. Therefore, Islam and any other faith is irrelevant. Would that person not be correct? Well, that's that's their perspective. You understand? So you, you, that's how they're looking at things. But the person who uh, joined Christianity found they got something where they didn't get anywhere else. And the person that joined and became a Muslim found that they're getting something which they didn't get because there was somebody who was Christian and became a Muslim, you know, and, and they, they found by becoming a Muslim, they were already in a faith-based, uh, you know, system, but they found they, they, it's better for them when they come this way or vice versa. So it's, it's an individual thing, Naya, and I think you are right. So, you know, sometimes I personally like to see it as a, what you gain is this, this a spiritual because religion is more about spirituality, so it's more about peace of mind and, and things like that, of, you know, the spiritual side. But then, unfortunately, there are people who look at religion and you say, what's it for me and how can I gain materially? You know, how, yeah. how will it be better for me, you know, to better my life uh, in terms of my physical and material uh, existence? So, yeah. which is not, it's not wrong with it, nothing wrong with it, because in Islam... It wants you to do that. It wants you to achieve success because there's a verse when you pray. You don't say, "I only want to pray," you know, for the for for heaven, which is uh, you know in the in the hereafter. But I want I want to be, uh, have the good things of this world as well. So yeah. both, you know, both are acceptable, but there has to be a balance. Okay. All right, we're going to leave it right there on that note. Uh, thank you very much, Sheikh Rafiq Hassan, founder and director of the Islamic Interfaith Research Institute. Thank you. We thank also you. were joined by Mama Kuli Zepet, who's a member of the Baha'i Faith. She's gone now to her as well. Mama, thank you. Pastor Solomon Shams, journalist, Christian activist, and director of Mercy, a support platform for those sexually abused within the church. To him as well, thank you. From me, Nayelu Pondona, and the team, have a wonderful evening, and God speed.